Greetings Amigops and Top 10ers everywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. Now of course I am your co-host Kyle. Opposite me today as he is every week is your favorite co-host Michael. He looks comfy in his Patriots Pat hooded sweatshirt. Looks very good. He looks very good in general. He looks ready to podcast which is good because he has prepared a Top 10 list today. The topic of which is unclear to me. It's unknown. It is a mystery. Now, Mike will tell me the topic, presumably. Then he'll relay that list to me. Then we'll probably discuss it. Who knows if we'll re-rank at this point. We're inconsistent about that nowadays. Regardless, by the time we're done with this episode, we will have arrived at a definitive version of that top 10 list. Michael, what are we talking about? All right, Kyle. Uh, so I had a topic and I just decided we're not doing it. I just decided on a total audible. I actually hinted to you what we were doing and I do have it ready. We'll do it some other time. <laughs> while you and I were talking, I just had an idea. Let's do a, a random baseball player draft. We just have to pick 10 players. Let's go back and forth and just talk about a player we haven't thought of in a while. I've got two rules I've come up with in the time since I thought of this five minutes ago. One is... Can't the player can't have played on your team, so no Tigers for you, no Red Sox for me. You can do Red Sox, I can do Tigers. Oh, all right. Okay. And you can't use. I think there's a random player feature on Baseball Reference, so you can't use that. Well, that's no fun because it's like the ours will ours will only be random in the sense that they're weird. They won't like actually be random. They'll all fall into yes. like a pretty predefined. Uh, who's whose joke is that? Where they're like annoyed when people say randos like they have an album of random and they're and they're not actually random he's like no a random photo would like be you with an ostrich <laughs> like <laughs> that is true yeah. that is an excellent point they're not random All they're right. just like un uh, ungrouped <laughs> yes this is this yeah this is definitively not going to be random i also am excited to see like was this person good? Because the reason I, I think the reason I remember these players that I'm, I've got, I got one queued up for you so we can get started is like, I remember them as being good, but the player I first player I picked actually has, this is amazing. I'm not actually sure I've ever seen this in a career that spanned 847 games. Okay. So, you know, like six seasons, basically, you know, full seasons. If, if you played 160 games, it gets you, you know, 960. So a little less than that. This person's war is negative 0.1. Oh, no. And so my first pick, number 10 on our list, is Jorge Cantu. <laughs> Do you remember Jorge Cantu by any chance? I, I definitely don't know the name, but I couldn't tell you who he played for at all. So he uh, he played for the Florida Marlins. Uh, at the time <laughs> he is uh part of that rare cohort of mexican ball players not a lot of them out there um so jorge Cantu was i think well known for being mexican because there's not a lot of mexican ball players uh he is he played for the marlins career as i said 847 games minus 0.1 he did have a season his 23 year old season for the tampa bay rays who he actually did start his career off with 28 dingers and 117 RBI. Wait, what? 117? Yeah. Yep. To 40, 40 doubles, 28 dingers, 117 RBI, batted 286. 
that's like, I mean, not maybe not back in 2005, but like 40 doubles and almost 120 RBIs is like absolutely all-star level. It looks like he finished. It's pretty not bad. Looks like he finished 27th in the MVP voting. <laughs> I do love that that figure. Where why it tells you like where they place it? It's like why am I? Why do I know this? Why bother? Like, <laughs> like where does it cut off at this point? Like I would I would have assumed it would be cut off at like 10, but no, he finished 27th. Yeah. It's actually amazing to me that. I, I don't know how they rank, like, how many uh, people you get. I'm assuming you get five, maybe, five players on your ballot, and it's, like, the ranked choice type thing. Mm-hmm. But that implies somebody put him on his ballot. Somebody, somebody, he got a vote from someone. I think the reason Oof. I remember him is because, so in 2008, he hit 29 home runs and hit 277. So I had... I never played like baseball video games growing up, other than Ken Griffey Jr.'s Major League Baseball. And then I took one does. I took a long break, and then in like 2008, I got this game for the Wii called MLB Power Pros, which was this weird port of like a Japanese baseball game where like all of the players were cartoonish and like didn't have mouths, like they had like huge eyes, big heads, and they didn't. They were like Rayman. They didn't have arms or legs. They just had like floating orbs for their hands. I love games like that. Yeah, and it was, but it was like really detailed. Like all the stadiums looked really good, and like the player models, like as cartoonish as they were, looked real. But it was two thousand and eight, so it was like the weirdest like group of players that were actually good. And I remember Jorge Cantu weirdly having like a really high power tool, but otherwise yeah. being like largely useless. And so like in my head, I think of Which him fits. as like, right. I think of him as like a bubble headed cartoon more than an actual person. I'm glad <laughs> that's how I think you ought to remember him. Yeah. That's why. I, that's why I remember him. All right. Well, that was number 10. You got one for us for number nine. I have a, I have a, not as an obscure one, but one a, a player who I thought about the other day. Cause I was he's a tangentially Tigers related because he was involved in one of the best Tigers movements of the last decade and uh, well, not the last decade anymore. But so and he was a good player that just like nobody thinks about anymore. Uh, I'm thinking of Houston Street. Remember him? Oh, I do remember him. Did he start out with the uh, with the A's? Well, he was definitely with the A's in 2006. Because oh, no, he started off with the Rockies, didn't he? Let's see. He started with... So you're right. The A's drafted him. He went to the Rockies, then the Padres. Then, the, yeah, then he finished his career with the Angels. So I remember him as an A exclusively. And it's weird to think about, like, he was... Like he's the one that Maglio Ardonias hit that home run off of to go to the to send the Tigers to the World Series, but which like what was the what what did it look like if if you had to cast your mind back was it sort of like a floating like ninety two mile an hour fastball or what? It was right down the pipe. Whatever it was, if, <laughs> if it was a slider, it did not do much, and it just like kind of hung at belt height. And Maglio was like, it's one of those home runs where you just like. As soon as the ball leaves the guy's hand, you could tell the batter was like, this is it. But it's funny to think that at that time, Houston Street was 22 years old. And that's bananas. He won Rookie of the Year in 2005. And then after that, he made like two All-Star games, pitched until he was 33. Like he played parts of 13 Major League seasons. Like that's a really good career for a reliever. 
and a reliever who pitched, you know, kind of the the bulk of his prime in Colorado. Right. Like that's not a that is not a pitcher friendly ballpark. He did have a couple of pitcher friendly ballparks with Oakland and uh the pod, you know, Petco. But yeah, I'm looking at his career. You know, also, he averaged 11 strikeouts per 9 in 07 and he averaged 33 saves a year. He had 324 career saves. That's a lot. I wonder where that ranks all time. I bet that's like top 30, top 40. We're about to find also, out. Also, for the listeners who don't know him well, uh, the best thing about him in my mind is that his name is spelled H-U instead of H-O-U. Yeah, I agree. Which I find very odd. Houston Street, Mike, is number 19 on the all-time save list. Incredible. Good for him. <laughs> Remember, uh, number 18 on the list is... um. Oh, never mind. Different person. You're gonna eat. Oh, I think you're gonna use them. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna do it. Wow, 19. Pretty good, Houston Street. I mean, like, you're the 19th by like an old school person's metrics, and whatever, we don't need to debate like old school, new school <laughs> metrics, but somebody thinks he's the 19th best closer ever. Like, you go, Houston Street. I am, I was like the 19th best closer on my high school team. Right. That's pretty damn good. It's really good, and uh, I'm sorry, Houston Street, that, like, really the only reason you seriously occupy my brain anymore is because you served up that tater to Maglio, which I am grateful for. <laughs> Thank you, Houston. Thanks, Houston Street. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you ready for another one? Yeah, sure. All right. You know, I want to kick it over to my friends, the Padres, for another powerful but bad ball player <laughs> who i cannot believe was drafted in 1999 that is shocking to me because he did not show up in my life for a long time after that this one is garrett jones yeah remember him did he, he had crazy power i think he's another one of those guys that right around 2008 was really feeling it oh yeah. no oh, so no, he, no 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 I'm thinking of someone else, Garrett Jones. I remember him as a pirate. Yes, that's who I. That's how I think of him. And he hit 21 salamis in 82 games his first season up. Had an OPS of 938 through 82 games. Wow, that's like, like crazy. That is crazy power. And he was tw- so the the reason that that's kind of weird is because he was a 28 year old not rookie he may have i think he probably it looks like he did qualify for rookie of the year there because he'd only played 31 a couple years before but you know a a guy who's getting his first real crack at that age i guess you gotta hope they've got their power developed but still that's a lot of homers for your first season well yeah and then he hit another 21 16 27 15 15 like 27 i mean peaking at 27 is pretty good 27 big league home runs a couple years before guys started hitting you know 27 home runs was nothing a couple years after that but 2012 i would bet 27 was still good for you know maybe 10th in the national league yeah oh man it's kind of sad his career was only eight years long i guess it's because he started at 28 bummer that's a man with a (laughs) This is another one. 3.6 career war. <laughs> Oof. That's tough. It beats, a career defensive war of minus eight. Yeah, but it beats Jorge Cantu, and he played for half the time. 
Jorge, if you, if I'm Jorge Cantu, so I'm presumably, you know, I don't know. I'm like probably the mayor of my town or I'm like, you know, <laughs> on the liquor board. I'm like some sort of position of authority that's really doesn't have a lot of responsibility. And so presumably I like to kick my feet up in my office and tell people what a big shot I was. And in some sense, I was. I hit whatever we said, 27 or 29 or whatever dingers as a major league ball player. I played, you know, most of like 10 seasons as Jorge Cantu. And yet some some little smart ass who's coming in to apply for his liquor license can tell me you for the over the course of your career were worse than replacement. <laughs> I could have replaced you with some schmuck from AAA in my team over the course of your career, they would have been better off. Like that's tough. That that's a tough narrative to balance because if I were the 1980s Jorge Cantu, I own like 12 car dealerships up and down the East Coast, and I'm like the guy who's <laughs> Mr. Mr. Dinger. Yeah, I'd be curious to see the the bar chart of his like incremental war over the course of his career because i imagine there were some years where he had positive war and some years where it was negative i wonder what year his highest war was because i bet i bet he had one year where he had like three or four wins and like would have tied garrett jones career war but then i bet at the end of his career he had a couple of seasons that were pretty aggressively (laughs) lopping that total up Hold, please. Somebody could probably find this out. <laughs> so, let's see. I- interesting. No. No. This is nuts. Jorge Cantu. The most wins <laughs> he ever he ever produced in a season was 1.3 in Yikes. 08. Bummer. Ooh, tough hit for Jorge Cantu. I mean, what? Uh, so, that's Garrett Jones, everybody. Yeah. Garrett, jo- Garrett Jones cedes his time to more Jorge Cantu. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> all right we're not gonna do a nut top three it's mike Trout, barry bonds and uh tom glavin all right congratulations you three we yeah. remember you yeah all you're right. on we think about you a lot yeah <laughs> cam, frequently. this is not my pick but <laughs> i just want to tease cam for a second because <laughs> we were we were facetiming cam and uh he has kind of fallen off the baseball wagon. Like when we were living together at home, we were like watching a lot of baseball together. He was like weirdly into the Red Sox, like a lot. Interesting. But like since he's gone to college, like his baseball kind of like interest has really tailed off. And the game was, we were FaceTiming. My family was here. We were FaceTiming with Cam in California and the Tigers were on. And someone said something about baseball and he was like, the most recent memory baseball memory he had that he chose to he goes so how's tim lincecum doing (laughs) (laughs) it's because he looks like him yeah well is yeah he really does it's not my pick but it just goes to show you how quickly things change because like cam was really into baseball not that long ago and already tim lincecum has become like completely like mostly forgotten and he was like the best guy in baseball for like two i remember years. i still remember sitting in the barber shop when i was whatever 10 years old 10 maybe 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 15 it's something in that ballpark early teens you know late late kind of tens uh and reading a sports illustrated article and it was called the freak yes a picture of him 
And it was about how his dad was an uh, yes. aerospace engineer at Boeing, and he yes. used his knowledge to perfect his pitching motion. It, he was the thing. It's so weird that I read that same article, but, like, at the time, yeah. he was, like, such a big fucking deal. And, like, yeah. well, whatever. We, I don't want sp- to spend my number seven time on Tim Linscombe, because he's, like, too good, I think, for this list. Yeah. But it, it's, like, it's really a revolving door of stardom in, in Major League Baseball. It sure is. So my actual pick for number seven <laughs> uh, is a player whose name I didn't learn how to pronounce until like the last year of his career, <laughs> Mister Sean Figgins, otherwise oh Chone, otherwise known as Chone Figgins. <laughs> I watched Sean Figgins make a great catch in right field at uh, whatever it's called Angel Stadium in Anaheim uh, when I was twelve years old. My grandparents, that was like the 12-year-old present for all of my grandparents' grandkids, was that we could take a trip anywhere in the continental U.S. with them for a week. And my cousin Dan and I went with my grandparents to California, which was not creative. It's just what all of our cousins did, so we did it too. Sure. And uh, we went to see the Angels play at Angel Stadium, and I remember distinctly watching Sean Figgins make a hell of a catch in right field. Wow, that's great. Because he played, as I recall, he played uh, a mix of infield positions and also some outfield. I seem to remember him playing outfield sparingly, but like when I think of Sean Figgins, I think of him as an angel at second base, and then I think he yeah. played third base for the Mariners. He did, which was interesting because I'm looking right now, he's listed at 180, and I don't think there's any chance he weighs like, <laughs> 180 pounds by the end of a season. Like That's a guy who probably by august was 163 and so he was always very funny as a third baseman he's not really the type also he like doesn't have the corner infielder profile because he hit for almost no no power like there was the most home runs he ever hit in a year was nine but he was so fun i loved that guy he, he he's a really weird player because he like he it's too bad that he didn't play in the 80s because like like I think mean, he he was he caught the very tail end of when people were like into steals, like yeah, like as soon as he retired, it was perfect because that like right around two thousand and like thirteen or fourteen was when people were just like kind of done stealing bases, like more than like twenty or thirty steals in a year, because <laughs> also so he stole sixty two bags in two thousand and five. I'm looking at that. That's crazy. So starting in 2004, 34, 62, 52, 41, 34, 42, 42. So he stole 340 bases in his career, which he like, walked a hundred times in 09. Right. Yeah, he had a hell of a year in 09. He also got caught. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> led the league in caught stealing a couple yeah. times there too. But they, Jimmy Lind always used to say something cool. He would say, like a guy would get picked off and they'd ask him about it. And if it was like, like whoever, if it was Curtis Granderson, he'd be like, that's fine. Curtis Granderson steals bases. Like he needs to get an aggressive lead. Like he's going to get picked yeah. off. If, <laughs> if, you know, Miguel Cabrera gets picked off for his space, he's like, well, that pisses me off because he's not going anywhere. <laughs> like, why are that is, you? <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. If you're not giving your, and, and it's like, the, it's funny because I do think people's perception of, stealing and base running and leads and stuff has changed as people have realized that first to third is so important yeah and the funny thing about a guy like miguel cabrera is that like not only is he not 
going to be stealing second, he's not going first <laughs> very quickly. So there's really no benefit. There's really, like, don't even lead off. There's, like, no scenario yeah, where... Yeah, like, for real, why? Like, what's the <laughs> point? That extra step is doing nothing for you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But yeah. John Figgins presumably took very lengthy leads. I remember him... He like look at his career. He peaked fucking perfectly. Like he was an all star in two thousand nine with the Angels. That was when he had that great year of walks and steals, and he hit two ninety eight. His OBP was almost four hundred. So career year, like clearly his best season, which he parlayed yeah. into. I think it was like a four year deal with the Mariners. That's what I want to look at. It's funny you mentioned that. I want to see what his uh, contract situation was. I'm trying to pull that up. I'm pretty sure baseball reference will tell they'll give you it like It does. They've like the career earnings, but I'm um, You're right though. He timed that just right. Signed as a free agent with the Seattle Mariners. So it was a 4-year about 9 million a year. So he got like Wow, good for Sean Figgins. Yeah. Like he really cashed in at just the right time. And then I remember like <laughs> being really bummed out because like as soon as he got to seattle he was just terrible yeah he was not good anymore in seattle yeah he hit his first year was place he did well his first year was decent he hit 260 with 42 steals but then after that he never stole more than 10 bases again sad and he never hit higher than 190 yeah those wheels just disappeared that's a tough contract if you're the the mariners it doesn't matter it's not like they were doing anything those years anyways but yeah, it's true. Yeah, that was one of those probably like just had to sell, had to pay somebody something, right? How sad is like someone probably like there's probably a decent number of Figgins Mariners jerseys floating around out there. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that's such a good point. Anyways, all right, that's Sean Figgins. All right. <laughs> I got a one for you. This is a guy who did not have nearly as long of a career as I remembered. Uh, all right. Number, what are we on? Number six? Yeah. Number six is Junior Spivey. I don't know that person at all. All right. So Junior, Sp- <laughs> Junior Spivey was uh, a Diamondback. He's actually got a very sexy uh, glamour <laughs> shot as his, his photo on baseball <laughs> reference. Wow. <laughs> He sort of looks like Carlton from The Fresh Prince with, like, a really old purple Diamondbacks hat on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Junior Spivey, at 27, as, a, like, his first complete season, hit 16 dingers, 78 RBI, had 34 dubs, 6 triples, walked 65 times, batted 300, OPS of 865. What the hell? He was an all-star. Junior Spivey, an all-star in his first full season in the major leagues. Yeah. And then plays 100 games the next season, 59, 77, uh, the following season. And that's it. 2005, three years after his first season uh, having success, he's gone out of the league. Bummer. (laughs) What the hell happened to Junior Spivey? I'm going to just play some music for a second here. Do, 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 do. Junior Spivey, where are you? What happened? <laughs> where are you? Like, what's going on? Let's see. D- yeah, nothing. Pitcher, he signed. Oh, all right. He ready for this trade? Oh, this is such a 2005 trade or 2004, whatever year this is. You ready for this trade? Yeah, bring it on. 
Oh, this is so good. I'm sorry if I ruin any of our players because I just got one that I forgot about. That's pretty good. All right. So Junior Spivey is traded to the Milwaukee Brewers along with Craig Council. Okay. Uh, greatest batting stance of all time, is one it, of them at least. Is he their manager now? I think he is, yes. Yeah. A guy, the guy I forgot about who I love, uh, Lyle Overbay. Mm. Oh, Lyle my God. Over- Right? It's two that whatever year this is, this is such what? a great trade. So he's traded in 04 with Craig Council, Lyle Overbay, <laughs> Chad Mahler, Chris Capuano, and Jorge De La Rosa for Richie Sexton, Shane Nance, and Nucci Varner. So it was Richie's that was like you'd call that the Richie Sexton trade? I guess. And then he's he plays for the Brewers for two years and is traded at the deadline to the Nationals for Tomo Oka in 05. Wow. That is incredible. So what happened? Like, how did he go from that? I don't know. I'm Googling what happened to Junior Spivey. Well, now you're just bringing... Like, Richie Sexton... It's really funny that that, that trade included Richie Sexton because in my head, like, him and Lyle Overbay, I think, are the same exact player. Like... I think it's because they both had goatees. Like, I, I, Lyle, I completely forgot Lyle over they existed. <laughs> they both had one year at the end of their career where they played for the Yankees. They're most of course those those are such classic played for the Yankees in the last year of their career, guys or last you know, like yeah stretch. they played as a DH one year for the Yankees. Like yeah. uh, what was that guy? I think name? everybody did. Yeah, Jason. It's like the uh, Giambi, I guess, was earlier, but yeah. still, like everybody played for them and like couldn't do shit except hit dingers over the short porch and right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Junior Spivey, I'm so sorry. Like he was a second, like a really good power hitting second baseman. You don't see those too often. No, no. 16 dingers in his first full season as a second baseman batting over 300. But this is another guy with a late start. Like that was his 27. Yeah. That was his 27 year season. Right. Yep crazy he had a he he produced four wins in that season 4.3 wins and was out of baseball like three years later nuts sad all right number five i want to pick a pitcher but no one is coming to mind and well someone's coming to mind but i don't know if he like quite fits the criteria for this list because he's like there this is uh yeah no like far like far too good that's all right hit him up i realized the other day that i haven't given serious thought to uh cliff lee in a while oh and we, i love you cliff lee we used to love like we used to talk about cliff lee a lot like all you know the time why? it's because we became friends at a time when cliff lee was just such an artful pitcher like it would have been cool to see cliff lee when he had stuff i guess but it was really cool because we we were friends and connecting at a time when Cliff Lee was just floating little little dart throws over the outside corner on lefties and just destroying them. I uh, oh wait, I forgot I <laughs> I forgot I did this the other day. I was looking at his baseball reference the other day, and I actually I forgot I actually texted you this that he only won one Cy Young award. So you <clears throat> did tell me that. So, I'm looking at his career. God, he had such a great career. But also weirdly this happens to me a lot where i think of a player and i go check out their baseball reference to see like 
what their Hall of Fame credentials are. And unfortunately, like, he's not even close. Like, his career war is only 43, which does not jive with, like, my memory of Cliff Lee, unfortunately. Yeah, pitcher, pitcher's got to be, what, 60, would you say, to be seriously considered? At least. And you have to have, like, at least a couple of seasons where you're, like, top three, I would think, for, like, Cy Young Awards. So he wanted... He needed one more season with Cleveland after the year he went 22-3, and three, and one more really good season with Philly, I think. Yeah. And he's there. Like, I think if he repeats... Not repeats, because it's such a ridiculously good season, but, like, close to repeats 08, and then does one more of 2011-2012, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, I think. Yeah. Shit. I just remember one of my... So, I, like, very distinctly remember he went to texas yeah he kicked ass like that was t- 2010 didn't they put didn't the rangers make the world series in 2010 or no uh yes i'm i'm pretty sure they did i think they were i think the rangers went back to back in 2010 and 2011 they lost uh no giants beat the I think the Giants beat the yeah, Rangers. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, and yep, then yep. the next year's the Rangers lost to the Cardinals in that brutal series where they were up three two. Oh, I forgot about that. So, so yeah. So okay. So they the, he goes to the they trade him. He, for some reason, he goes to Seattle. Like the Phillies, the Phillies get him in 09 when they win the World Series, right? Or no, in 08. the year after they win the World Series, they get him. They they make it back to the World Series. They don't win. Then he signs with Seattle or some shit. Yes, like, yeah, you're right. Gets traded to Texas that same year. Then they trade him back to the Phillies in 2011, which, like... The, that the, tur- that journey was is part of the reason he's not in the world, in the Hall of Fame, is because, like, that's such a weird stretch of getting traded back and forth, and, like, guys who or, are in the Hall of Fame, that doesn't happen much. Or maybe he didn't... It's, oh, uh, now I remember. So he did... So this was, like, he was... He signed, right? He got traded and then got traded to Texas. And then, then they signed. almost won the World Series. And then yeah. it was like a foregone conclusion that he was going to the Yankees. Like everyone knew yeah. he was going to the Yankees. And like it was either the Rangers or the Yankees were going to get him. And it was like, who's going to get him? And then like a day before he signed the mystery team, it was like Ken Rosenthal like reports a mystery team yeah. may be involved. And it was like, okay, who fucking cares? And then. And everyone had kind of discounted the Phillies because I think at that point they'd already traded for Roy Halladay. They had Roy Oswalt. Like, yeah. it was that Phillies team. It's and Roy so, Oswalt, you're right. And so then they, like, so then they got, they signed Cliff Lee. It was like a huge five year deal. And I remember it being, like, a big enough deal that people were talking about it, like, at school, which, like, no one talked about baseball in high school. And so, like, that was so much fun. I remember there being, like, actual baseball news and talking about it at school. And being, like, so happy because I was annoyed that Cliff Lee was going to the Yankees. I just very distinctly remember that. And then right after that, we we were in, we started college. And then we got to watch him, like, all those years. that The, the Phillies were good, basically, through that whole stretch. Like, yeah. co- like competing for a World Series. Yeah, they were, so, they were so good. And they had such a fun pitching staff to watch. Because, like, I mean, Roy Halladay at his peak was as fun to watch as anybody who's really ever pitched and Cliff Lee was incredible and very artful and Cole Hamels always was a little bit of a Cliff Lee lookalike in his kind of approach to pitching and I forgot about Roy Oswald. It was just fun. Like that was a fun 
that was actually a really fun stretch of super pitching staffs that were really fun to watch, I feel like, at that time. And that was one of the – that was, like, a weird pitching staff that should not have worked. And nine times out of ten, you assemble that staff. They all kind of fall apart. Like, one guy's got Tommy John. One guy's got a rotator cuff that just won't work. And the other guy's, like, struggling with his cutter all season. Well, it usually only works for one year. Like the yeah. like the 2015 Mets, it was like that year was the year where the stars aligned. Yeah, with like Syndergaard, Degrom, like those like in a, Harvey. Harvey, and yep. Matt and Matt. So like that happens like yeah. And then and then exactly what you said, like the whole thing fell to shit in like one year. Like the cool thing about that Phillies super rotation is that it lasted for like two like three years. It was cool. Yeah, and they were old. Like it was like a three year run of mid to late thirties guys who just kept pitching well. Yeah, they were those were fun <sighs> teams. And they, and like they're the whole team was old. Like they, that was like at the end of like the Chase Utley, Jimmy yeah, Rollins, Jimmy Rollins, like, Scott. There's no way Scott Rowland was still around, was there? No, but th- who was that other Scott that was like really old and slow and played left field? Scott Burrell, remember him? Wasn't that his name? No, it's it's uh it is Burrell, but it's Burrell though. Pat, said. Pat Burrell. Pat, Pat Burrell. I'm Pat thinking Burrell. of uh, isn't Scott Burrell one of the we just finished Last Dance. I think he was on those Bulls teams. Could be. But Pat Burrell <laughs> was one of um, my cousin's favorite ball players growing up because he was su- He was a slugger. Yeah, he was. He had some pop. Yeah. Oh, 153 strikeouts. 162. Damn, before it was popular, too. <laughs> All right. Okay. You ready for number four? Yeah. Who's your pick, boy? <sighs> I'm trying to decide. I think I got my pick. All right. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going with a classic journeyman who I'm going to remember like one fact about because he played for every team in the major leagues. Number four is Xavier Nady. Whoa. You're doing. You've got some great deep polls here. This is this is fun. I this think I for some reason when you and I were chatting, I thought about Jorge Cantu and I was like, let's just do this instead of the other list. (laughs) All right, so don't look. Close your close your screen for a second, oh, okay? Oh, oh, all right. No, it's fine. All right. And I might need to figure this out as I look. Can you tell me how many teams Xavier Nady played for? My guess would be... I, I bet it's more than five, but fewer than eight. It's eight. Eight okay. teams. <laughs> eight teams. <laughs> including, he had a, a very brief stop... With the Giants for 19 games. Okay. But, yeah, 291 games for the Padres, 269 for the uh, Pirates, 66 for the Yanks, 82 for the D-backs, 75 for the Mets, 19 for the Giants, 119 for the Cubbies, and 40 games for uh, the Nationals. You know what's weird is I don't think I would have been able to... name any of those teams except the Padres probably and I think I would have remembered the Padres but I'm like I just the name popped into my head and I was like Xavier Nady I forgot you existed for some reason I would say I remember him as a Yankee too even though he didn't play there for very long yeah I don't know why that's the case what a weird why did he pop into your head I I, I really don't know <laughs> but I'm I am the king of guys who played like 800 games and added almost nothing to their teams yeah he's one of those guys what's his career war 3.7 <laughs> that's pretty good 
That's like my jam. Those yeah. guys are my jam. <laughs> yeah, your war zone is like zero to four and a half. Like if you got five career war, you're out on Mike's list. Yeah, like it's too much. You've you had way too good of a career for me. For like for context for, if you don't know like yeah. relatively what Yeah, war you're not is, listening. If you don't know what war is, you you stopped listening about but, an hour ago. But like a good player can get should get that much war in a single year. <laughs> so like <laughs> like a I guess you have to be a really good player. Like an all star is like four or five wins. Yeah, but still, you know, yeah. like I, one really good year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's the scoop. That's Xavier Nady for the, for the listeners. I can't think of a single moment from his career that I remember watching. <laughs> Me neither. Me ne- Oh, man, I got a couple good ones here that I just pulled up. I'm going to cheat on this next one. Okay, that's fine. Sorry, it's happening. Because he was only a Tiger for 14 games. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. And I don't remember it at all. <laughs> at all. At all. I'm not actually sure why he was on the Tigers. Because like, <laughs> this guy made a career of, uh, like, literally a career of pinch hitting. So I am going to pick Matt Stairs for my next one. Matt Stairs. Yeah. Do you know? What a classic slow looping terrible swing yeah do you remember do you know what his claim to fame is no he i believe holds the major league record for most ever pinch hit home runs that feels so right for him he is too what an amazing this is an amazing statistic now i wonder i'm sorry two two things i'm seeing uh his nickname on baseball reference is wonder hamster (laughs) the wonder hamster yep that's it I wonder if there is a statistic for worst, like we'd have to dig it up, worst war to home run ratio. <laughs> because he has a war of 14.1 versus 260, which is better than I would have guessed. Yeah. But versus 265 career dingers. That's a really interesting metric because if you've hit 260 home runs, yeah, you I would, played for a long time. I would like, guess that says a lot. I would guess that you couldn't have less than 20 22. War. Yeah, yeah, I would say like 22 like to 25 is what I would imagine is like the worst ball player you could be <laughs> at that. But Matt Stairs is wildly outdoing that. Well, the problem is that I'm I would imagine that his defensive war was really not good. <laughs> because he played oh, nine seasons in the National League. Yeah. I, oh, boy. I, his I, D-War, career D-War is minus 17. Oh, man. His O-War, his O-war is 23, so we were right on. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, because he's basically if he's a DH, right? Yeah. Although, no, they get negative, I think, still. Oh, well, that checks out. I don't remember. But he was 5'9". Oh, wow. I would have said 6'5". Like, my memory of him is like a towering guy with just, like, a really bad swing. <laughs> he was kind of stocky. Like... Okay, yeah. all right, all right. So I was I was correct. So he is the career leader in most pinch hit home runs. Do you want to guess how many he had? 16. 15? 16. No, he had 23. So. Oh my God. He hit a pinch hit home run for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different teams. And he never hit more than. Okay, so he hit seven with the Phillies. But for any other team, he never hit more than four. Wow. 
Four for Oakland, one for Milwaukee, two for Pittsburgh, two for Kansas City, one for Detroit, two for Toronto, seven for Philly, four for San Diego. That's what, awesome. How many teams is that? That's eight. So, which means there are a number of teams that he never hit a pinch hit home run for that he actually played for. Like, he played for the Rangers and the Cubs and the Red Sox and the and the Expos. How cool is that? Did? Yes, I remember him. I remember him as an Expo and as a uh, Blue Jay because I think he's Canadian. Oh, that'd be cool. I think he is. The Wonder Hamster. Doesn't Ron Swanson tell somebody that they look like a hamster penis on <laughs> uh, Parks and Rec? <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, no, April does. She calls somebody Mr. Hamster Penis, I think. Ew. It's gross. All right. Also, just just last note on Matt Stairs, his he's wearing an earring in his uh, in his sure IMDb is. page. He sure is. His soft rock album is coming out next year, and he's <laughs> doing really really bitching backup vocals. He looks like a hardcore Creed fan. Oh, he loves Creed. <laughs> he might have like a Creed tattoo on his yeah. upper thigh. <laughs> <laughs> just says like Stap is my savior. Uh, all right, so I want to do a couple uh, honorables. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, I just I've just got. Let's see, I got three that I got queued up here. Ready, Nate McClough. Nate McClough was a guy who was a uh, he in 08 had twenty six dingers, forty six dubs, ninety four RBI. He's a good ball player for, at one time. Nate McClough, six and a half career WAR over. <laughs> A thousand career games. Uh, Eric Hinsky. God. Uh, yep. Eric Hinsky, rookie of the year. He had 24 homers, 84 RBI, and batted 279 his rookie year. Wait, he's got, I, like we were just, he's got to be one of those guys that played for a year at the end of his career for the Yankees as a primary. He played for the Yankees. Uh, he got traded, it looks like, at the deadline in 09 yeah. to the Yanks. Yep. Yep. Of course, that checks out. And he definitely had the either the soul patch or the goat the goatee at the yep. time. No question. Uh, the <laughs> other one I wanted to mention for my uh, honorables is Frank Catalanato. Yeah, yeah, Frank Catalanato drafted by the Tigers. I didn't know that. No word did I. Yep, he played for the LT Grays from '97 to '99. Wow. Uh, Frank Frank Catalanato had. A pretty unbelievable run of playing a lot of games and hitting, just doing nothing at the plate. <laughs> but, like, just hitting a lot of singles, like an aggressive amount of singles. <laughs> in So, in 01, <laughs> in 133 games, he has 153 hits. And only 47 of them are extra base hits. Oh, wow. Actually, that's not as bad as I would have guessed, but... 31 doubles, 5 triples, and 11 dingers. He, that man liked his singles. Yeah. So no Frank Catalanato. That's it. Those are my random honorables. What do you got? Anything? Or do you want to just go to the, the last couple? I'm trying to pick my last guy. And I have a couple I'm, I've, I've looked at. I think I'm going to just... I'm, 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 the guy... I'm, for my honorables, I'll throw... Remember Carl Pavano? Oh, yeah. He was, he was legit for a little while. He was like actually really good for a minute. Like he may did have he been... start his career with the Expos? Yeah, he did. I remember him 
as a twin, like late yeah. in his career with the mustache. Yep. Yeah, he was good at that time. Yeah. Like he was a big signing for the Yankees, as I recall. I think they might have paid him like a shit ton of money. Like definitely too much money. But I wanna look. I bet you they I bet you they signed him to like a four year, like forty million dollar deal. He played three years with the Yankees and never had an ERA less than four and a half with them. Yeah, he was not good with them. But he was really good. He's another guy that peaked right at the right time. So 2004 in Florida, he went 18-8, and eight, a 3.0 ERA, 139 strikeouts, Cy Young Award 6. That's pretty good. Wow. That's pre- not bad at all. That's pretty good, Carl Pavano. He parlayed oh, that. Oh, I was pretty close. He got a three-year, $30 million deal. I thought he was going to get four years, 36. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Carl Pavano over his career earned. God, this does this is a little depressing sometimes. Sixty-four <laughs> million dollars Carl Pavano earned in his career. Come on, Jesus Christ! I don't want to turn this into a, a me 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 situation, but like, can I get a raise? Yeah, sixty-four million. I mean, I mean Carl Pavano got. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, a couple of other guys I, I've been thinking of. Uh, Willie Mo Pena, remember him? He was a Red uh, Sox. I, he hit the fastest home run I've ever seen in my life. It, it dented the little... I don't know if the seats were up at that point. I think they were because it hit... It must have been because before it was just the top of the Green Monster and then the and then the net. So it wouldn't have hit anything. So it, the seats must have been up because it hit the back of the seats. I mean, he must have... He hit the ball, striped it right down the left field line. That ball was... I'd have to look. I think I think it was before they did exit velocity, but it was it had to have been the fastest home run that I've ever seen. <sighs> yeah, he had some serious power. And if I remember correctly, he like went to Japan and hit like eighty home runs in a year or something. And then he came back. Must have. Yeah. Willie Bo Pena. Cameron was really into him for a minute. Yeah, he. I just I remember that dinger he hit at Fenway. Whew. And then I'll just rattle off like a bunch of White Sox I've been thinking about lately because I, like, I've been thinking about how much I'm enjoying this iteration of the White Sox, and how little I enjoyed the White Sox of like my early baseball fandom. And they had like all those really annoying players like Juan Pierre and Scott Pudsednik. <laughs> and like Juan Pierre, I forgot about Scott Pudsednik. Those guys, and then like <laughs> Aaron, um, Aaron Rowand, and like. Oh my god! Like some of these guys are really good, like Gavin Floyd and Bobby Jenks, like and uh, AJ Pierzynski, Paul Canerco, Jermaine Dye. Like I don't know why I remember this White Sox team so much, but I was just talking about them with my friend Cody and Jermaine uh, Dye, and like Joe Creedy was on that team. Like those are really good teams. Man, you just named a lot of good ball players. Exactly, but they're all like kind of like weird players that nobody like thinks about all that often anymore. Yeah. Anyways, those are just some of the guys that I've been thinking about lately that I don't often think about. Wow, I love that list. All right, you've got uh, or so that was what number was that? That was three Matt Stairs. Three Matt Stairs. So did we miss the honorables then? What was number four? Four was uh, Xavier Nady. Oh, that's who I forgot to write. All right, Xavier Nady, Matt Stairs. All right, my last one. Uh, my last pick is going to be a. Somebody who I didn't realize until five minutes ago won Rookie of the Year. American League Rookie of the Year in 2003. The great Angel Barroa. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
remember that guy. I am pretty sure... I'd have to think if the timing works. I'm pretty sure I saw him play in person at Kauffman. Because my dad and I went to a game at Kauffman Stadium way back in the day. We paid like 20 bucks per seat to sit five rows behind the dugout. I don't think the Sox were there. I think the Sox had been in town like two days before and we missed them. But, whew, sure, that was quite odd. Um, he won. Yeah, on hell. Br- <laughs> he won Rookie of the Year in 2003, but he has two baseball reference credits in 2001 and 2002. So he somehow played two seasons without gaining rookie eligibility. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I've, I've seen one. I've never seen two. He played 15 and then 20 games. Like, I don't know how you how you wrangle that and then 158 like what that is definitely a situation in which uh the royals were gaming his service time for sure well yeah no question and, but and you- it worked because yeah. uh don't look at the salaries have you looked at his salaries yet no i haven't okay so carl pavano fucking carl pavano <laughs> makes 64 million dollars in his career on Barroa, actual rookie of the year big time you know big deal guy international signing Big deal. What do you think he made in his career? $15 million? $3 million. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I would. Ass- I was assuming he would at least get, like, at the end of his career, like, a a one-year $7 yes. million. That, Five like- to $7 million bucks. Exactly. I would have assumed that the Yankees, who actually, it turns out, did sign him at one point. Unbelievable. Um, Every fucking player. Seen- Everyone would have signed him for, yeah, like a one, two-year deal for between like three and yeah. ten million bucks. And no, it's it's fascinating. It's so sad because if you think about it, he, so let's, let's ignore the years of like high A-ball, international teams, like all that stuff. Just, just focus purely on the years of his major league career. And then don't think about the comeback. He probably tried to mount at 33 so just focus on the nine years of Major League Ball he played. $3 million comes out to like three hundred k per year. <laughs> and that, of course, is plenty of money for the average person, yada, 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 yada. But $300,000, take away the 10% agent fee. Yeah. You're at two hundred seventy grand per year, basically. And again, that ignores the fact that he probably doesn't have a degree and didn't make any money from the ages at the very you know from 18 to 23 and probably hasn't made any money since rookie of the year that's a guy who was rookie of the year yeah you know who what he 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 came a little too early because if he had showed up in like 2000 and like 15 like anytime in the 10s the Royals would have signed him to like a five year, a ten year, ten year, hundred million dollar deal, <laughs> or like a ten year, like fifty million dollar deal. Yeah, but like so, that is so true, and he would have just kept getting his shots because like you can't get rid of that guy. Well, yeah, and like, and then what would have happened is he would have become like a perennial all star, like, and oh, just like so true, and been healthy his entire career, and he would, and like we would still be saying like. That guy earned a pittance, but like he still would have fifty million dollars instead of three. God, you're so right. That is so right. Like, it's funny that like now, like, like how these things change. Like now, young players like that get fucked in the butt, but like in a very different way. Where they're like, different Ozzie, way. Yes, it's all like, creatively, but they all always end up on the bottom. Like Ozzy Albies is gonna make like 
24 million dollars over the next like whatever eight years but like he should be making 24 million dollars a year for that time period like so all of this with the requisite caveats that like by a lot of metrics that's a lot of money but still yes not for him yeah not compared to what the value he brings to his baseball team not compared to carl pavano (laughs) not compared to carl fucking pavano All right, number one, let's go. What do you got? This baseball player pops into my head probably once a year, but he's good for as soon as he does, I have to put down what I'm doing, and I spend at least 10 to 15 minutes watching videos of him. He, <laughs> like, at least. And then I always get, I just always love going down this hole. And he only played from 2012 to 2016. <laughs> 2012 to 2016 you think of him a lot he played for the mariners for one year and then he played for the blue jays for like three years he started his career at age 31 uh what a weird fucking career wait yes yes not snyder (laughs) oh good point good good guess travis snyder no it's uh well, he he. I, I should say he started his major league career at 31. He played probably in Japan for a long time. I'm thinking of. Do you remember Munanori Kawasaki? Of course, Munanori. Ka- I do know. I do know. You think about him a lot. He's like probably my favorite non-Tiger ever. Like, <laughs> and his he was never actually good. Like his his batting average is 192, 229, 258. 214 like not a good in his and his obps are always like in the low 300s he hit one major league home run (laughs) he like was not a good really a good player but you just have to watch one youtube compilation of his antics to understand my so that's what i was gonna say tell tell the listeners why my dad knows who he is i don't know which video specifically your dad's the one about the monkeys (laughs) which one was that Oh, it's my favorite one. He talks about, and so he has a really thick Japanese accent and he knows it and uses it to his advantage. And it's very funny. (laughs) He's talking about how he, I think he had like gotten pulled out of a game recently and, you know, he had a cramp or something. And then he was talking about how he's just been eating tons of bananas. (laughs) And they're like, why? And he's like, because a monkey never cramps, but he (laughs) says it and it sounds like craps. And he just keeps saying monkey never craps. And it's just so good and he's he's so enjoying it and like the reporter has to be taking him seriously but like they both know he's <laughs> fucking with him and but like he can't call him out because this is a guy with like a heavy japanese accent and like he can't he can't admit that he knows that he's saying craps and it's just it's gold he does so much funny shit like a lot of it is interview stuff where he'll say like dumb yeah. things or like other people will be being interviewed and he'll like sit on their shoulders or like crawl between their legs or like do something funny like that. But his on-field antics are just as silly. Like he does, he he does really like weird stuff. Like he'll, he'll like round third base and just like wave his arms like crazy. Or my favorite is, uh, (laughs) there was a walk-off hit and there's like a dog pile. And then like someone, probably not the person who hit the hit, but like, or scored the run is still on the ground, like on their back. And Kawasaki, like as everyone is dispersing, like runs and like slides onto his stomach and then like 
like just gets on top of this other guy and they're just like he's like laying on top of somebody like in the middle of like home plate (laughs) and the guy on the bottom is one of the advantages of not being important to the team is like you can you can risk getting very hurt at the bottom of that dog pile right and and the guy on the bottom is like why are you doing this Munenori? like (laughs) (laughs) he's just does stuff like that and he was such a joy and like a fan favorite and if you like watch the youtube videos you hear the announcers are like Munenori is at it again like they just love him and baseball is such a straight laced like Yes. by the rules game so it's so much fun when there's a player that like doesn't give a fuck and like you know partially was only on the team because he was so much fun like like fun players that are also really good occupy a different space and they're fun for their own so reasons true. but players that like pretty much their only virtue is just that they're fun are totally different and they're a lot harder to come by because you have to, it has to be the right combination of like bad team, but like the right culture to allow like something like that to happen. He's mad. There's also something distinctly for anybody who's ever played baseball. There's something distinctly unfun about not being great. Like if you've ever been through a slump, you know how hard it is to be fun and positive. And so to be a guy who's like perennially, you know, struggling against the <laughs> level of major league competition and to still be that like sweet and positive a presence is pretty amazing. I love him. I just found out my favorite thing about his career. Do you know how many home runs he had in his career? I think just the one. One. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, amazing. And it's probably awesome. Like, I'm going to watch the Munonori Kawasaki home run as soon as That's we're done That's so here. good. I love him. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Well, that's why this list existed. Yeah, that was an extremely eclectic list. Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. <laughs> the good for you for calling an audible. I don't... Yeah, the other one will be good, but like that was. A, I'm glad we did that. Yeah, that was the mood I was in. Well, and, and usually we do something kind of baseball related around this time, so I'm glad yeah. we got that. Me too. All right. Well, do you want to recap? Because I don't remember what any of them were. Uh, sure. But who? Oh, it was uh, on Helbarilla. Okay. Yeah, I'll recap them in no order whatsoever. Nah, absolutely not. Ten random baseball players that range from the great to the not good at all. From the from the fun to the almost entirely forgettable. <laughs> In no particular order other than Mike and I alternated. Number 10, Jorge Cantu. Yes. Uh, our favorite Mexican on this list, probably. Yep, number one. Probably the only one, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. Number nine, Houston Street. Magalie Ordonez's favorite closer. Number eight, Garrett Jones. <laughs> Not a good ball player. When you first said him, I thought you meant... For some reason, I thought Garrett Anderson, and then, oh, he was good. Like actually, a really good player. And then my yeah. next, my next one was, oh yeah, that weird power hitting pirate. And I thought Jason Bay for a second, and now I and then fuck I, Jason Bay. I was, I was. Oh at, yeah, was I? I'm trying to remember if it was at the Honda Barn, but I was at some car dealership with my mom or like Honda at somewhere she, she was getting like her Honda Pilot and we were in the, we were behind the building and Manny had had like a fake hamstring for like six months and was being a total pain in the ass, but he was still my favorite ball player ever. And I remember being in the car because the only time at that point in my life, the only sports talk I listened to was at the deadline. And I remember listening as they were saying that he got traded for Jason Bay. Ugh. 
<laughs> God, Jason Bay was such... He was like the most plain vanilla, boring ball player ever. He was like, you want 26 home runs and 88 RBIs and like two, 283? I'm there for you. In, uh, yeah. Ben. And he really, really was terrible as soon as... Well... He was an all-star one year in Boston, Mike. He hit he, yeah. hit, he hit 36 home runs with 119 RBIs. Yeah, you know what? Let me do you a favor now that we're talking about it. I, I'm going to look at that that roster because I guarantee you. Let's see. Yeah, okay. Uh, you put me <laughs> in, in the middle of that lineup. I'm doing the same thing. Jason Veritek, Kevin Euclid, prime Kevin Euclid. Yeah. Dustin Pedroia, prime Dustin Pedroia. Uh, Nick Green, I don't know why he's listed as a starting shortstop, but they were Alex Gonzalez too. Mike Lowell, Jacoby Ellsbury, JD Drew, and David Ortiz. Yeah. And Victor Martinez. Oh my god, I forgot that was the V-Mart year. Yeah, and George Kataris was actually a pretty good um backup catcher and like get get the hell out of here with that with that noise, Jason. What a Bay. weird team. Dude, Josh that. Reddick was on this team. Adam LaRoche. Remember him? Yep. I sure do. Yeah, he's the one who uh, with the kid? threw a hissy fit because his kid couldn't come in the locker room. Yeah, all the White Sox were like, get Joey your Gath- kid out of Joey here. Joey Gathright. <laughs> I forgot he existed. <laughs> Anyways, number eight <laughs> yeah, is Garrett ten, Jones. Let's do 10 more minutes on Joey Gathright. Oh, all right. <laughs> number eight was Garrett Jones. Number seven, Chone Figgins. <laughs> number six, Junior Spivy. <laughs> Number five, it's Senor Junior Junior's father, Junior's. Baby. Number five, the way too good for this list, Cliff Lee. Yeah, yeah, he kind of sticks out a little yeah. bit in this <laughs> yeah. list. I just wanted to talk about him. Uh, Number four, Xavier Nady. <laughs> now we're back at it, Xavier Nady. Yeah, yeah, that's number like three, it. Matt Stairs. Number two, Anel Baroa, and uh, number one, Munonori Kawasaki. A mon- uh, what a list! A monkey never cranks. Never, ever, 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 ever. If you do nothing else, right. go watch some Yuninori Kawasaki highlights. Yeah, do yourself a favor, and then uh, go go create a ball player and make them like a sixty out of a hundred in MLB 09. Throw them at cleanup in the Red Sox lineup, and tell me if their stats are any different than Jason Bay's. They won't be, I promise. Uh, probably not. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, why don't you close us off with some stuff? Sure. Usually at this point, I thank Kevin McLeod for uh, our, our our stanky music, the not top three music, which I don't, we didn't even cue it this time. So I don't know if we played it or not. But regardless, you definitely heard the intro music and you're probably going to hear the outro if you're not at some point. And that's stanky, too. So thank you, Kevin. Even though we don't know you. Uh, thank you. I do anyways. not know Kevin. Somebody we do know. My sister, Erin. I usually thank her for our artwork which i do love so very much it's very very good so thank you aaron for that and uh if you want to see more of aaron's work sant design at instagram is the place to go for that and that sant and sant design is her last name which yeah. is the same as kyle's kyle's full name kyle sant yeah. so look them up easy to find um if you need help with the middle initial i got it i can help you out so that's kyle's full name don't mess it up um, and don't mess it up and google kyle stant because the only no, thing you'll get stand. is a really <laughs> yeah. 
poor uh, recap of a flag football game circa 2013. <laughs> yeah, if you search for Jameson Androv, you'll also <laughs> find the same thing. Michael Julian. Uh, all right, so last words for me are to, uh, I don't know what I, what do I usually say? Something about our Instagram. So check us out on Instagram, <laughs> top10km. Uh, that's 10 is spelled out T-E-N. You can shoot us an email at our email, top10km at gmail.com. Tell us that uh, you actually really don't care about Jorge Cantu, to which we will reply, go find another podcast, because <laughs> we do. Uh, if you want to admire all of the stuff that happens to us on social media, you can, um, you know, check out Caroline Labranti's personal work at caroline.julianophotos, I think. It's uh, Labranti Giuliano. I don't know what she's actually changed her name to, but Giuliano is my surname. If you want to dox me, Michael uh, Giuliano. Michael, yep, that's Michael, spelled C H A E L, not C H E A L. Um, so if you're gonna look me up to like hunt me down, at least spell my name right, not E A A E. So that's Caroline stuff. Check her out. Post things. Add her stuff to your story. I don't know if she's too private for that. Uh, and finally, while well, I'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of listing app, if you're looking for another, please check us out on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, wherever podcasts can be found. So, Kyle, I think it's time to play ball. I will certainly be watching the Tigers tonight. I hope that you can watch the Sox. I will. Blessings be upon you and your household, Kyle. Blessings. And unto Namaste. you, Michael. Great work. Namaste. Peace. Peace.